Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Neola Sparkus. Neola, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. Very happy to be here. My pleasure. Folks, if you're listening and you have not heard of Neola yet, let me tell you a little bit about her background. She is a licensed spiritual practitioner and relationship coach, and she helps her clients heal their relationships to create the love they desire. Coming from a background where her parents fought constantly and ultimately divorced, then moving into adulthood with their own dysfunctional relationships, Neola eventually learned to turn it all around using spiritual principles. As a result, she miraculously attracted her true soulmate, whom she's been married to for over 19 years. Neola, take a minute and fill in any blanks in the intro, and then if you wouldn't mind, give us a little glimpse into your personal life. <laughs> well, as, as you said, my parents did not have a great relationship, and uh, it, that's what made it my mission in life, to help people to get along with each other. You know, I really witnessed how difficult it is for the, the wrong match to get along with each other. And I learned everything to not do. And in spite of it all, I went out into the world and repeated so many of the same mistakes. And that led me to study more deeply into the condition of human behavior. You know, and I learned so much about how our unconscious mind is imprinted with what we grew up with unless we become conscious of it and release it. And this is why I love uh, teaching shadow work, because this is what it's all about. So a glimpse into my own personal life, oh my goodness. Well, um, in spite of the fact that I married my soulmate and he and I are such a great match, I would have never in my life imagined that I could have such a wonderful partner. And here I'm saying it after 19 years of marriage, and I don't want to give anybody the impression that once you find your soulmate, oh, my God, it's just all candy and roses and everything goes great because we're still different, distinct individuals. And we, there are areas where, you know, we uh, don't have the same interests and we might not have the same tastes or ideas or concepts. And yes, there have been clashes. And in any, especially, I want to say, especially a soulmate relationship, any relationship, as you get more and more intimate with somebody, and this could happen with coworkers when they're working closely on a project too. It doesn't have to just be um, romantic. You're talking about every kind of partnership. When we start getting close to each other, that's when our survival self starts putting up the defense mechanisms because it is starting to feel like, oh, this kind of closeness is not safe. And then if you have a good trusting relationship, which is what the soulmate relationship is all about, you trust each other to provide a safe space for looking at that stuff in that survival self, that shadow area that needs to come up 
so that you can let it go so that it no longer limits you. So fortunately, my husband is totally open to this kind of work and he's been wonderful to work with over the years. And um, that, I think, is, uh, you know, a real secret to how to create the good relationship for so long. That's great. That is really great. Well, let me ask you something, Neola, because um, one of the things that I've recognized, at least for me personally, is it it helps to have, I call it a guiding principle, or or it's something that you can come back to whenever you get kind of off in the weeds. And maybe it's a quote, maybe it's a mantra, but just something that keeps you on track in regards to your partnership. And I'm wondering, what do you use for that? And, And how can our listeners apply it in their lives? Oh, my goodness. I, I have quite a few guiding principles, actually. <laughs> but I'll, I'll share with you the one that I think is most important in my work with my clients. And that is the beautiful uh, Sufi poet Rumi. Um, and he said, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. So this to me is the epitome of shadow work because ultimately, you know, you're talking about partnerships, Um, ultimately every single partnership, every single relationship we have, whether it's a relationship with another person or uh, the relationship we have with our career, our self-expression, the relationship we have with our money, with our health, everything is a relationship. And ultimately, it always boils down to our primary relationship, which is the relationship we have with ourselves. So if we are not 100% owning everything that is in our unconscious material, and that to me is what the process of maturity is, is going through life and starting to see everything that we have not been awake to in ourselves. If, If we go around not owning that, it's really difficult to have our partnerships and all our relationships go smoothly and have our money flow smoothly and have our careers uh, go in a fulfilling manner and to have our perfect health. So that's really my uh, bottom line belief that uh, if we get present and aware and awake to all that unconscious material, then the rest takes care of itself. Nice. I like that. Well, let me ask you this, Neola, because this show is, is really about stories. It's about the personal stories that our guests have experienced regarding partnership. And it's what our listeners say they love most about it is it's not the traditional you know, question and answer type of thing. And what I'd love to do is ask you to share with us a story of a time in your life when, well, you kind of tripped up in your partnership. And, and what were you doing? What, what did you trip up on? And, and then what did you learn from that experience that helped you move forward? Well, I'm going to take it all the way back because um, there was, you know, the, 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 the background that I came from was such a dark place relationship-wise and partnership-wise. And even though I said I looked at my parents and I said, I'm never doing that, you know, I had no awareness as to how deeply I had been programmed. So my mom was difficult, tough person. She was never satisfied. I spent so much of my life trying to please her, not realizing that she's just not pleasable. So I took this into my dating uh, experiences and into my early relationships. 
And you walk around with that kind of an inner atmosphere and you're going to attract the people who respond to that kind of inner atmosphere. So in other words, I attracted guys that were cold, unavailable, distant, uncommittable, and I would hang in there because I just knew that somehow I'm going to turn them around and I'm going to win their love, you know. And 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 that was me not respecting and honoring myself, but of course, I had never been taught to do that. So, you know, this this is very much what the shadow is all about. When you have unconscious material inside yourself that you're not aware of, it is going to bring into your life exactly the right people, the right experiences to make you look at that stuff. You know, if you are capable of understanding that that's what's going on, because most of us do not do that. What we do is we project out onto the other person. We blame them. Oh, they're unavailable. Oh, they're uncommittable. Oh, it's all their fault. I'm going to move on. I'm going to find somebody better than that. Now, the way that that works is ultimately after you do enough of those kind of relationships, you do start loving and honoring and respecting yourself more. So it's kind of the the slow and hard way to go. But nature has it built in that we're going to be healed. We will be healed whether we go about it a faster, more awake way, or whether we go about it through strenuous trial and error and lots of pain. We're going to learn, you know, one way or another. Um, but, you know, thanks, thanks to the spiritual principles that I learned, I was able to turn it around uh, very miraculously, I got to say, <laughs> really amazingly. So um, anyway, just to, to um, answer that question in a general way, it was just me constantly bumping in to the guys that were not honoring me because I didn't know how to honor myself and honor what I truly wanted and what would have been good for me. Yeah, I think uh, probably everybody listening can relate to that. <laughs> it, it's one of those challenges of, you know, we kind of uh, where we, we hold back on, quote unquote, the good stuff. And we were like, oh, I'll tell them that later, because what if they think that's weird? But yeah. what if they think that's amazing? Yeah. But you didn't share it. Yeah. And then you wonder why they didn't get you. Well, because you were waiting for the right time to tell them how amazing you were, because you thought they might not think it's amazing. And then we just restrict ourselves. It's one of the things that I, I've, I've kind of nicknamed the there'll always be more time rule. Mm. And... So oftentimes I get asked by, by women specifically of, you know, I don't understand. We had a great first date. Why didn't we get a second first date? There's so much more I want to tell them about myself. And I'm like, well, why did you hold out? Uh, well, I, I didn't want to run out. I'm like, no, you will never run out of amazing stuff about you. So when you hold out, you give him the like low-hanging fruit. You're like, oh, this isn't that important. Well, that's not going to intrigue him to call you. Because you didn't show up amazing. You showed up like everybody else. <laughs> that that is such a beautiful way of putting that and and so you know basically what i tell my clients is when we're attracting people who are unavailable to us it's showing us that in some way we are being unavailable to ourselves yes and that's pretty much what you're saying there mm -hmm. if you're not available to loving yourself feeling good about yourself wanting to share yourself in a way that's not obnoxious of course you know but uh 
taking into account um, the other person's interest level and all that stuff, you know, uh, uh, and because I am a spiritual teacher and a spiritual counselor, to me, being unavailable to myself really boils down to being unavailable to my spiritual self, to my Mm -hmm. higher self, Uh, because so many times we're operating on the level of what the Buddhists call the lower self. I call it the survival self. Some people call it the egoic self. And this is the part of us that believes in the concrete world and that our personality is who we are. But we hear so many stories of people being, you know, somehow superhuman sometimes and doing things that are completely beyond an ordinary person's capacity. And this is the realm of miracles. We all have access to the realm of miracles if we open up to the higher self. Now, you can explain this in brain science terms uh, because the lower self comes from the lower brains. There's the limbic system that people call the lizard brain, which is our fight-flight reaction, fight-flight or freeze you know, and then there's the amygdala, the emotional brain, and it causes us to make emotional decisions and impulses and act on our compulsions. And then if you can move all of this forward into the neocortex, that's where we can access a higher level of being, a higher level of responding to life, of acting, of taking responsibility. This is the higher self. And if you are open and available to this greater self, this higher self, this more spiritual self, where we experience spiritual experience, where we feel the oneness with the divine, then things really start to flow so much better. We're not locked up in that survival kind of level of operating. Yeah, that's that's so true. And something I want to add, because you made a comment about, you know, presenting yourself not in an obnoxious way. And I would actually counter that because the only people it's obnoxious to are the people that can't have you anyhow. Mm. It won't be obnoxious to the person's like, that's amazing. Maybe everybody else in the room thinks it's obnoxious, but it doesn't matter. You're not trying to impress everybody in the room. You're trying to be you. And if somebody else can have you as you, it doesn't matter how you present it. It won't be obnoxious. So it's, it's owning that your expression is you. And that's what needs to be loved because we always hear, Oh, I want to be loved for myself, but I never really show who I am. Well, then that's going to be hard to be loved for being yourself if nobody else knows who that is. So the more when you present that, them seeing you as obnoxious is great. It just sorts them out. And they're like, oh, you're not a match. That was easy. Have a nice day. I'm still going to be me. So it's it's the challenge of doing that because we, we're so taught that, oh, we don't want anyone to think we're obnoxious. Well, it would make life easier because you get rid of the people that you're trying to impress. And instead, just be with the people that like you for who you are. Oh, Ken, you're a beautiful person. You are so accepting. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very you much. You must be wonderful to be in relationship with. Oh, I am. I am. You can just ask my girl, Anna. She'll tell you I'm wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Notice she's not tell. on the show. Um, <laughs> well, Neil, what I want to do now is, is kind of switch gears. And I want to look at, I call this one of your proudest partnership moments. And, and this might be romantic, it might be family, it might be career. But the way I recognize these kind of moments is when you think about them, you can't help but smile. Tell us about one of those times. Well, okay. So um, 
the way that I turned all of this around, all of these dysfunctional relationships where I was in so much pain. They were painful relationships. I was trying so hard to please people that were clearly not interested in me. Like you say, hey, they're not interested. And I'm still hanging in there and just torturing myself because it was so similar to what I knew when I was growing up. And I remember it was it was like one day. Of course, it was one day after many years of spiritual work and personal development work. And one day I was walking down the street and I saw a, a wonderful, healthy looking, happy couple. And they looked so madly in love. And in the past, I would like kind of bristle and go, oh, it's nauseating. You know, like you've heard those people that say, oh, go get a room, you know, things like that. And, and I used to think, oh, how goody two-shoes. And suddenly I had this click in my brain and I went, you know what? That's what I want. I want that. What those two people have inside of them, this love, this genuine warmth and affection, and they looked so happy. And I decided, you know what, I'm, I want that goody two-shoes things, whatever it is that I used to label it and I used to reject and I used to feel nauseous about. It's like, you know what, I want that. And as soon as I opened up to that and allowed that to be a possibility for me in my life, that's when my soulmate partner showed up. So interestingly enough, I had been, my husband's name is Fritz. I had been running into Fritz for like four and a half years before we actually got together. And he was like a distance acquaintance in my circle. I never paid much attention. I kept praying to God, you know, please send me my soulmate. Please send me my soulmate. And I'd run into Fritz. He was dating someone else. I was dating somebody else, of course, one of the guys that was like so not working out, not honoring me. <laughs> but I kept running into him. And Interestingly enough, I was never drawn to him because he was one of those good guys. He was someone who would be there for you, who would care, who would, you know, totally be interested in me and listen to me and all that stuff. And when as long as I was invested in these people that I was trying to please that I couldn't please, and somehow that was gratifying to me because it reminded me of my family, my childhood. You know, it's like, wow, this feels like home. So that's where I was going with it. But after I made that realization, like, wow, that's what I want. I want that good, clean, healthy, loving love. Then I was able to see in Fritz what I had never seen before. And actually, the first uh, evening that we went out together, we both realized, oh, my God, you're the one. You're the one I've been looking for. It doesn't happen to everybody that way, but for us, it totally was this clear recognition. And so that's definitely one of my proudest moments in, in love is saying yes to uh, the man that became my husband of 19 years now. That's, that's great. And congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Neela, because we, we've talked a lot about past experiences and partnership. And I'm, I'm wondering, what is a partnership that's really exciting in your life right now? Well, you know, the way that I'm going to choose to answer that question is, um, to me, the most important, most exciting, most 
interesting partnership I or anybody can ever have is with our higher self. And this is the partnership that I am constantly uh, nurturing. Let's just put it that way, constantly nurturing that partnership because I go out into the world and I think a lot of people can experience this, can relate to this. We go out into the world, the world is very much based on the egoic self and we get pulled down there into that egoic self. We might be competing at work, we might be pulled into somebody else's drama, we might be operating at the level of that survival self and to nurture the relationship, the partnership with your higher self takes some effort. It takes some reminder. It takes some practice. It takes some ritual. I always encourage all my clients to meditate daily. And the Harvard study of about a year ago said, uh, you know, they, they actually measured the brain on meditation. And they came to the conclusion that 30 minutes a day for eight weeks in a row, not just makes you calmer and able to handle, you know, life stresses better, but it actually changes the way that our brains process our emotions. And this is what I'm talking about with the shadow. The shadow material is all the emotions we have not processed that are held in our nervous system. They are held in our bodies. Our body is a magnetic entity. We have a magnetic charge. The charge is the result of all of our energy. The energy is the emotional energy that we're holding in our body. The emotions hold in place beliefs, limiting beliefs that we came to a conclusion about reality about, you know, we, we made certain conclusions about reality based on emotional decisions, based on something that happened to us. And all of this stuff we're carrying around in our bodies. We're carrying these beliefs that are held in place by these emotions. This is our electromagnetic charge. This is our energy. And like energy attracts like energy. So like I said, when I wasn't honoring myself, I was attracting the people that weren't honoring me. And so that's why I think it's the most important, exciting partnership that any of us can ever have is the one with our higher self. Clear out that energy, practice your meditation, do some affirmative prayer or whatever it is that you believe in as a spiritual practice, release all the old stuff, do a lot of forgiveness work. Forgiveness is so important for releasing um, the, the toxic, poisonous energy that we carry around in ourselves. People think forgiveness is something we do for the people that we believe have somehow transgressed us, but it's not for them. They don't feel it when we forgive them. We're doing it for us. We're doing it to shift our energy and change our energy. And so that's what I believe is the most exciting partnership. Thank you. That's very well said. Well, Neola, we're now at a part of the show. I call it bring it all home portion of the show. And this is where we step away from stories. And I ask you to provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners that they can apply in their relationships right now. And what I'd like to start with is what would you say is the best either partnership or relationship advice that you have ever received? Yeah, well, the bottom line is face whatever is inside of yourself that you don't 
want to see and feel the feelings that you want to avoid. So our society really has a way of um, not trusting emotions. You know, uh, when we're professional at work, we cannot allow ourselves to get emotional. It's just considered very unprofessional. And yet, if we want to shift our experiences in our partnerships, in our relationships, we've got to resolve these emotions. So I do a lot of emotional processing work with my clients. And a lot of people find it difficult to get in touch with their emotions. They don't even realize what they have been stuffing down for so long. So this is so important. You know, if you feel um, that something that somebody said rejected you, criticized you, uh, or if you are in the throes of putting a very high standard of perfectionism on yourself, and I've seen this in a lot of women looking for a partner in life, they put so much perfectionism, it's like he's got to be like this and he's got to be like that, and, and they put so many filters and they're so afraid of making a mistake that they keep all love out of their life. And so this is, you know, just just look at all of that stuff, own it, feel it. Once you feel it, it will speak to you. It will tell you the belief that you've been holding on to that needs to be released in order for you to be able to create um, the experiences that you're wanting and to be able to magnetize to yourself the, the beautiful relationship and partnership that you're really wanting. And then it allows you, once you are no longer in the throes of these egoic limited beliefs and these feelings that you don't want to feel, it allows you to open your heart more. It allows you to be more vulnerable. And in being vulnerable and open, this is where we allow all the good to come into our life. And our lives change miraculously from doing this kind of work. So we go through life with more compassion for others and more compassion for ourselves. It always begins with our relationship for ourselves, if you're compassionate towards yourself for having gone through all this, for having held on to these limiting beliefs, for having been afraid to feel these feelings that you thought were going to have power over you, you know, just compassion, lighten it up, give it some space. It's all human. We're all humans doing the best that we know how to do. And we have not had great role models. And, and you know, it, it's, it's just where we're at as a society today. So we just accept exactly where we're at and go forth with, with greater compassion and openness and vulnerability. Thank you. Well, Neola, I'm, I'm curious, what book or resource would you recommend to our listeners and why that particular one? Well, this was the book that totally changed my life from those dark negative relationships into really positive loving relationships. And it's an old classic. I discovered it in 1988. It's called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And I have to say something to all your listeners. You can read a lot of books and this kind of transformation does not take place on the level of your mentality. You know, if you really want to see a change in your life, you have to study these books. I did that book, uh, I want to say at least five times. She's got a lot of exercises in there. I did the same exercises over and over. Each time, it would take me to a deeper and deeper place, being able to see more. And then she's got a lot of affirmations in that book. I recorded them in my own voice. You have to 
Um, a lot of people say, oh, affirmations don't work. Well, they don't work if you do it strictly on a mental level. So you have to say them with a lot of feeling. Your body has to get it. Again, our, our subconscious mind determines 90% of our experience. Our subconscious mind dwells in our body, in our nervous system, in the electromagnetic energetic charge that we're carrying around with us. So if you choose to say affirmations, you've got to feel it. You've got to let your body know it, own it, embody it. So if you're going to read this book, own it, know it, embody it, study it, apply it. Don't just read it. So that, that's where I would begin. That's a beautiful book about self-love. And she covers every area, not just love relationships, but career, money, health, all of it. It's a great book. Excellent. Yeah, that's a fabulous book. Absolutely. Well, Neil, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to our listeners that you have a lot to share. And <laughs> what I'd love for you to do is, is let them know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do. Well, my website is neolasparkus.com, and you could go there, and I've got some freebies, and sign up for my email list, and I will keep you apprised of everything I'm doing. I have a blog, and um, yeah, that's it. you have to know how to spell my name. <laughs> and why don't you spell it for everyone? It's N, like Nancy, I-J-O-L-E-S, like Sally, P, like Peter, A R. K-I-S, like Sally, dot com, neolasparkus.com. And hopefully you have it written down somewhere on this site, too, so they can It'll see It'll actually be on the Speaking of Partnership site because there'll be a show page for our interview, and I'll have a link there. So all they have to do is click on that because most folks that are doing listening to podcasts, as I certainly am, I'm usually doing something else. So you probably didn't have a pen in your hand when we said that. So it'll be on the website, really easy to find. Just click on the button and you will go directly to Neola's website. Um, Neola, I, I just want to thank you because you've shared with us such amazing information, tremendous reminders if we've heard it before, and really, really powerful stuff. So thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you are so welcome. This is my favorite topic. And God bless you, Ken, for bringing this up and speaking to everybody about their partnerships. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday. So make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.